a two, one, a three, one, a four. Inspiration, elevation, knocking right at your door. Aloha maikako, aloha, welcome to Dating with Mana, powered by Pomahina Designs. It's me, Kanoi Lani Davis. And me, Kulani Jeremiah Wang. Aloha kako. Hopping right into it, this is episode 6, brought to you on November 2nd. We only have 59 days left in this year, kako. Don't forget to start getting all your kaliki maka things together. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what are we talking about today, Kulan? We talking about how do your children feel about you dating? So I jumped on Google and I I looked around and I asked the question, how do your children feel about you dating? I came up on www.esme.com where there was an article written by a single mama. Her name is Tanish Christie. And she was talking about when should I tell my children that I'm dating? And basically what she also shares is there's no need to tell your children about every interaction. Keeping your private life private from your children or child is always a safe strategy and waiting until they ask or you have something substantial to share about the relationship is another way to go but try to ease them into the ideas of you dating i, I wanted to just do a quick discussion this time this time sis about your interactions with your daughters and then i actually had an interaction i, I had a, a talk story with my daughter to kind of see what what their minds you know where their minds were or good conversations with your daughter so i know that there's always uh, clarity and just kind of very openness about things. And we've always talked about how, as a single mom, you've done so much for your children in honor of your children, but you've also done the dating stuff too. Tanisha Christie tells us that as a child of a solo mom, she didn't want to know. She could have cared less. What she did care about was whether her mom was there to pick her up from school, be there at her spelling bee, make her favorite meal, and tuck her in at night. Her mama's private life was private until it affected her, which it did eventually, but not too much. I I guess we're just going to ask this. How were your interactions with your daughters when you began dating? And when it became serious and it became a relationship, how, how how was that dynamics between you and your children and then inviting a new person into your space? Um. So just to give some context, I was married at one point and had three daughters at that time. And so it was, it took me a a year and a half, almost two years before I decided I was going to start dating after that divorce. Uh, It affected me a lot. And I was young and my focus was, you know, these kids. And um, I was a full-time mom, single mom, again, no child support. Um, so I really didn't have time for dating. Uh, just so happened, somebody came into my life in the, the most profound and beautiful, beautiful way. And he and I had had conversations for a very long time, I think for a good year, maybe. And we were just on the phone because we we're long distance. Um, and I, what I tried to do was, how do you, the question is like, how do you, date someone in a way that it doesn't disrupt your home life, right? Because if you're not sure about the person you're dating and you're missing the school pickups or you're missing the soccer games or you're missing um, the tuck me ins at night, like that's going to affect, that was going to affect my children. Yeah. So I had to find balance in that. At that time, I wasn't great at it. 
like I found somebody. So like I was talking on the phone all night, you know, after. And so the way we had planned it was I was able to to be with my girls during the day, you know, get them to school, pick them up from all the soccer things, all the sports, have dinner with them because that's a rule in my house and tuck them in. And then after 8.30 was the, the bedtime. Mm-hmm. After 8.30, I would then get on the phone with him and we talked to like maybe midnight, two in the morning every night. And that's how we conversed. And then during the day, while he was at work and I was at work back then, we didn't really text as much, but we did like a lot of um chatting on messengers and stuff like that. And yeah, that's how we kept in touch during the day. And that's how we kept our relationship with communication and being very conscious of our children. That was probably the best example of that interaction and being very honed in. It was the one after that. I thought that was going to last a long time. That didn't last, but unfortunately, but we did have a child together and, uh, you know, we, we share that child and we are in harmony, all of us. So thankfully, uh, but yeah, I think this last one was probably the worst. And I introduced him to my daughters as a partner sooner than later. And only reason was because I thought like this was going to be a long lasting relationship because, you know, he was close to my family, liked him. He was close to my family and he was already pretty much in. So I was like, oh, this is going to be easy, you know? And yeah, so I introduced him thinking it was for the long run. And I told him I'm not into the short things. I want the long run for my daughters and for myself, for your sons. Uh, but this is the toxic relationship, right? This was the one where I got cheated on and then there was a lot of like abuse in in, in other ways um, that affected me. And then it also affected my daughters. My daughters witnessed um, the home was torn off. Like it was a lot of stuff. And I think we held on a lot for the sake of wanting to have a family. Yeah. And that was the biggest mistake I made. And yeah, so... That interaction with my daughters, they're really accepting. And I think they're much like this lady that you're speaking of, Tanish. Like, I think they were like that as well. That mentality, it was into the point where they started to see the hurt and the pain, the frustration. Then then they became concerned. And I didn't talk to them a lot about a a lot of things. They were able to witness a lot uh, on their own. And then I had to come in and talk about it so that because they already saw what was happening to me. I needed them to be able to process. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't recommend it. Like I know with him and his sons and like their mom, like the boys were used to seeing their their parents with a lot of people, you know, and wow. different people in different capacities. So like I always said, you know, like maybe you should wait. You know, like that affects them. And you could tell because you I heard the conversations. You know, when, when mom has many partners and like many men coming in at a house, like they notice, they may not say anything, but they're talking. And like, I've had conversations with them that were both concerning for their safety as well. It was, as it was concerning for like how they see life and how they see women and how they see themselves as men. And as for my daughters too, that's why I having to have the conversations after the fact was so important. And this is how we're going to get through it and then try to get through it for their sake of at least showing creating a lesson for them. Wow. That was a long, that was a long answer. 
No, but I I think a lot of people oftentimes wonder, right, what goes on in the minds of a mother who has children who is trying to, you know, date and and have a, yeah, have a whole fullness in their life, you know, and then, and then that relationship not be a great one, and then have to process through all of that. And then they got to witness all these things. I think this was amazing to share. And thank you so much for allowing us to learn more about you and about it. I, I do know that um, in the article, she also talks about having to write this as a child of a, a single mom who ended up dating. She says that her mom, like for her, um, her mother's life was private until it affected her. It did eventually, but not much. And it was only when the relationships were serious that she wanted her to meet her person the mom was was willing to let her meet them um and that only happened twice the second man she introduced me to she ended up marrying and they're still together 30 years later and two additional children so i mean you know she she lucked out in that sense but she also says that when she was writing this particular article and a lot of times people ask about the sex right so wondering about her sex life back then uh tanish asked her mom about it for the article because what she recalls Neither of these two men rarely, if ever, stayed over. She begrudgingly told her that if men stayed the night, it was during times when Tanish had a sleepover at a friend's house. Right. Right. She thought that it would be safer and more emotionally healthy for Tanish not to know so much before it was time. She wanted to make. Yeah, that's totally you. That's totally you. She wanted to make sure that I knew her love for me wouldn't change just because someone new was around. Are these antiquated notions for today? Tanish doesn't think so. She says there's something to those ideas that might be good for today's dating solo moms to consider. And I thought, man, this it, it reminded me of your story. You know, being your best friend, being able to see firsthand over these last, oh my gosh, nearly 10 years maybe, like legit has opened my eyes to the perspective of a single mama, right? And then I became one, right? And But, but my daughter was way older, so it was a little different when it became... Uh, time for me to kind of tackle or decide that I was kind of ready for the dating scene. So I had a conversation with my daughter earlier today before oh, we we met up to record. And I asked her, so what's your thoughts on me dating after your dad? And legit, it was like, uh, I, I'm fine with it. You know, she said, it's been nine years since my dad passed. And I was like, you right, you right, you right. I gave her that. And I said, Do you, did you think I was ever going to date? And she legit, there was a 30 second pause, legit 30 seconds. And I was just like, I asked it again. Did you think I was ever going to date? And her response was, yeah. And she goes, then I asked her, oh, what kind of men did you like? What kind of men do you think I, you know, I was going to date? She's like, well, I didn't think you're going to date Popolo. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, for those of you who don't know, Popolo is a slang here in Hawaii. Not a negative slang, but it's just the way we, it's a berry in Hawaii. It's very dark and it's a reference. Anyway, how did you feel when you found out I was dating? So she said, my first reaction was good uh, good for you. Like you did pretty good for not dating for a long time. And I was like, okay. Uh, what were your thoughts when I finally introduced this last one? She's like, that's the only one, right? So I was like, our secrets. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. how would you feel about me getting married again? She's like, I don't know. Uh, getting married again? Uh, if that's what you want. 
And like, literally, this was the intonation of her answer. So I was like, okay. Then I asked the last question was, well, what do you think Eden, who is my eldest granddaughter, would say? And um, she goes, well, Eden didn't like the guy. So she'd probably tell you, nope, you can't. <laughs> I was like, okay. And, and, you know, I'll never talk to Eden about this, right? But just kind of getting, and now my daughter is 29. She has six children from the same man. They're still together. And I, and I'm thankful for that, you know, because I can see what a family dynamic in, in this capacity, but shoot, six kids, but she also has lots of help. And so my dating life, even though there was more than the only one that she knows about, <laughs> there was only one I actually introduced to any family members, truly. And he was the one. And I don't know why I did that. Do you feel like it was too soon? I felt like I kind of pushed my own ass into the corner with that when when I allowed him to stay. Like I had because my family would come over all the time, right? So they, you know, family, my my daughter was coming, my mo were coming. And I was like, oh shit, I guess I need to introduce him because he's gonna be here. Like, fuck. So yeah, I, I kind of feel like I was a dumbass for that. Uh I didn't truly think it through. Because again, I was in that gaslighting space where I was like, yeah, let's get married. Yeah, shoot, why not? You know, it felt nice to hear it, to to think about it, to like want to be that. But in hindsight, today, <laughs> we're going to have this conversation. I thank God I came to my senses when I did. And yeah. I saw that absolute line. Yeah. I think that was the thing too, right? I think the the... The part, and that was the conversations I had with, you know, people who, and that's just your experience, right? Like mm -hmm. introducing your children or your family, or in your case, your grandchildren to men in your life too soon can be also detrimental to like, how they perceive what relationships are like. Because that's the only real, other than TV and whatever's law, like that's the only real tangible um sense of examples are in their lives and so yeah. you know I think for me I've always waited a while like like I said I did make the mistake and it wasn't it's it's a weird thing because he was already in 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 the life of the family before he and I became at anything um and and it it did actually to be honest I think it was like maybe a few months before the girls knew that we were uh dating uh, but for the most part, I think, you know, even having that conversation with him, like when he was Paul, like the many times he was Paul with me, he was already dating like within the first week, he was already with a lot of people and like bringing them out or like a couple weeks and then bringing them around the, the boys or like she was bringing people in left and right. And it's like, I would hate for these boys to think that, that this is how it should be. You know, mm -hmm. like they right. might miss out on something more meaningful when the norm is community. Like, right. You know, and then not having anything solid, like, you know, so I know I think we are going to figure out those things. I mean, every you could talk to somebody and give them all the warnings, but they are going to do their own thing anyway. But yes, thank you very day, much. At the end of the day, other people are affected, like our children, like our grandchildren, yes. when we do not take heed for these warnings and, yeah. and make them conscious instead of saying, nah, just don't go through Like maybe think, mm, okay, she's been through it. He's been through it. Like I've seen what happened over there. Like, I don't want that to happen. I want to make that caution. 
caution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what I always say. Like our choices affect other people. They do. Legit. And it's, sometimes it's not easy to like recover from that. And you never know. You know, you never know how it ends. But you also don't want to be the catalyst of the reason why it is whatever it is, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. It's hard to be a, a, a single parent, a single mom who still raises their children within their home and are the example for your kids when they're very, very young mm-hmm. as you start to make decisions and trying to figure your stuff out. Yeah, I'm sure it's just as crazy for single dads, the single dads oh, out there who yeah. have to learn. I mean, and it makes you wonder, right? Because mo- moms are built for this, right? They're built for raising children. Their, you know, their mindset, their hearts, all of that. It they kind of just walk into the role of that motherly. Yeah, not every woman. <laughs> ma- major- okay, let's go. Majority of oh, the women, yeah. yeah. And then you have these men who don't have the luxury of having that that for them so around them to understand it for their children it's crazy let's pray that the women who raised these men who taught them how to be genuine and loving and open and empathetic um are are raising their children exactly how they need to be and nobody knows what that is right no yeah. To each to each his own with that shucks, but yeah, sis, thank you for for hopping in and and sharing your ma- your manao your mindset and just kind of this is a this is dating with mana dating with mana is talking about things that we we have to go through on the daily thoughts that kind of come through on the daily for uh, many people and uh, I'm a hollow you folks for jumping on with us and kind of just talking story. I'm still waiting for people to email us whatever manao you'd like to hear us you know, chime in a ball. But until then, what is Kulani? Searching on Google. <laughs> yeah, mahalo too for um, sharing. That was a good thought process. Not perfect. You know, I've made a ton of mistakes to get to a point where I can make better decisions in my life. And I, and I just don't want other people to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. It's not worth um, the loss, the hurt, and the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I can share any manao, or any thoughts on things that I've gone through and filled in to help somebody else get ahead of that. I want to. Uh, and we appreciate that, sis, very much. Uh, nobody wants to be, I would not want anybody to go through what I went through. Uh, yeah. It's not easy at all. Ah, uh, ole. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hopefully that helps. Thank you again for sharing some Manao on Dating with Mana. It's me, Kanoi Lani Davis, standing up from Molokai. And it's your girl, Kulanti. Lenti Jeremiah Wong here on Oahu. Aloha, Kako. Aloha.